the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As a constitutional law attorney, former senior legal advisor and personal counsel to President Donald J. Trump, Jenna Ellis believes in the rule of law and the importance of integrity in our elections. And she's ready to tackle the big cultural and legal issues facing America. This is The Jenna Ellis Show. Here is your host, Jenna Ellis. Welcome, friends, to another episode of The Jenna Ellis Show. I am Jenna Ellis. Anna, I want to start out by saying that, you know, we have seen a total failure of government, and the botched exit from Afghanistan makes us less safe than we have been in years. The disastrous economic policies have inflation soaring, and even your freedoms and liberties are at risk with outrageous government overreach, the closing of businesses, and all of these insane mandates that violate our U.S. Constitution. And the bottom line is that we're in the midst of a failed Biden presidency, and I really Really think that things are going to get worse before they get better. So now is the time for Americans to take steps to protect our finances and retirements. When times are turbulent, you need an asset that protects you, and that's why I believe in investing in gold and trust my friends at Legacy Precious Metals. Gold offers a hedge against inflation and protects you from the volatile financial markets. Legacy Precious Metals is a company that you can trust to give good patient counsel for your personal situation. Their team of experts has decades of experience helping Americans like you and me make the right decision for ourselves and our families. So call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-528-1903. That's 866-528-1903. Or you can visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. So we have been talking a lot about the Dobbs case, which, of course, is the case headed to the United States Supreme Court with oral argument coming up very soon about uh, abortion. And this case has an opportunity to significantly gut and undermine the outrageously unconstitutional Roe versus Wade, Planned Parenthood versus Casey and its progeny. And I know that everyone out there is very excited about this case and also really nervous about it, I think, as well, because this presents, I think, the first opportunity in a really long time, probably since uh, Planned Parenthood versus Casey in 1992, that we've we've significantly had an opportunity with the composition of the court to be able to return the United States uh, to being a pro-life country and recognizing our founding principles that the government's actually obligated to preserve and protect life as the first among our series of rights that are given by God our Creator. So I'm so excited today to talk to my very dear friend, Father Frank Pavone. He has, uh, was on uh, President Trump's um, Evangelical and Catholic Advisory Board. Um, he has done so much in the area of pro-life. So, Father, thanks so much for joining me. Well, Jenna, it's a real privilege, and I, I want to thank you, uh, as I've done before, for all your work and, and now for this great podcast, to which I'm subscribed, by the way. Yay. And uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be talking with you about such an important Supreme Court case. 
Yes. And so from your perspective, and you are in the trenches of the pro-life movement, you have been following this so closely. And so I tend to you know, analyze things a little bit more from the court's perspective. But what is your opinion generally on how we got to this point with this specific case and uh, what people are thinking about this case on the ground? Well, you know, Jenna, I am in contact with so many of the people who have written friend of the court briefs uh, in this case, and I have been reading through all of them. And they really represent what has been germinating and bubbling under the surface for decades now, both in terms of the arguments that are being made, the insights that the people of America have about the wrongness of Roe v. Wade, and now increasingly the, how the fact that Roe v. Wade is not only morally wrong, it's not only unconstitutional uh, and unsound from that point of view, it's not only both medically and historically defective, but but what comes across to me perhaps most powerfully is the argument that it has become simply obsolete. And, And the people around the country are recognizing this. You know, more and more Americans, when they find out what our abortion policy is, essentially unrestricted, and the Democrats want to make it even more unrestricted, uh, they're, they're just astonished. They say, but how can that even be? And uh, Roe v. Wade is obsolete because so much has changed since then, culturally, legally, medically, uh, and with the bitter experience of those who have had abortions and their families, that's reflected, too, in uh, what has led up to this case and what is manifested in the many uh, briefs in this case as well. Hmm. And that's a really interesting phrasing to say that it's become obsolete. And I think you are 100 percent right. And I have said for a long time, Father, that if the Roe court in 1973, we're sitting today with the medical technology that we have. And of course, we've known this as sincere Christians that, uh, you know, the Bible tells us that life begins at conception and science only validates the truth of the Bible. Uh, But I really genuinely believe that if the Roe court were sitting today, that we would have a different opinion even from that court. And so it's unfortunate that we have a 1973 decision that is binding us today in a way that is um, very unscientific. It actually goes against the science, and of course it goes against the Constitution and morality. All right, well, it is time for holiday cleaning. Before you replace your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing as this is one product that works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can be used in a carpet cleaning machine and it's green so it's safe for your family and pets. Genesis 950 is also made in America. So if you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial strength makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. Genesis 950 is great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains. It's also the perfect holiday gift for pet owners. Genesis 950 has great customer service, always willing to help with your particular problem. So order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and a $10 coupon using code Jenna. That's J-E-N-N-A, and that's Genesis950.com. Speaking specifically to um, to the science, um, what have you seen, and, and I guess what was your favorite or most persuasive uh, friend of the court brief that you read 
on the specific point of what they're looking for the court to do, because I see the court having an opportunity to completely gut it, or they could kind of punt a little bit and just say, you know, hey, this is a a federalist issue. The states can all decide. We're going to basically overturn Roe, but just now we're going to all have to battle this out in the 50 states. So what have you seen from the front of the court's brief that has been very persuasive to you in terms of what they're asking for? Well, uh, let's combine uh, two things here. There's uh, there's science and then there's the ability to legislate on the science. So Dr. Maureen Kondik, uh, whom uh, I've had the privilege of interacting with over the years, uh, is, a, is an expert on uh, human em- embryology and the development of the science of the baby in the womb. And together with the Charlotte Lozier Institute, she submitted a brief that brings us literally up to the minute in terms of our knowledge of the conscious of the unborn child. She even talks about social behavior, a child uh, moving differently towards his or her twin in the womb, for example, than in moving to touch herself. And um, other uh, scientific advances where we know about the baby's capacity, not only for consciousness, but for feeling pain. Now, she presents this as uh, evidence that not only wasn't there at Roe or at Casey, but wasn't even there one year ago. And, uh, And she says, look, you know, we know the unborn child better than ever before. Now, what impresses me about these briefs is the following. You take that, and then you look, for example, at the brief that was submitted by 228 members of Congress. And they're looking at this, of course, as legislators. And they are saying, look, our respective states, as well as the Congress itself for that matter, should be able to take this medical knowledge into account and should be able to legislate accordingly. That is, the more we know about the humanity of the unborn child, the more we should be able to protect that child. But now our hands have been tied. Because and in here, as you know, uh, Jenna, from your constitutional background, here's, the, here's the, the, the absurdity that we're dealing with right now in the way the court has, has dealt with abortion, is that on the one hand it is saying that from the onset of pregnancy, uh, as Casey said, the states are able to assert their interests in a number of things, including the life of that child. So these legislators are saying, well, we know more about the child than ever, so why at the same time that the court says we have this interest, is the court tying our hands and saying, oh, but you can't protect the child until, uh, until after viability? And so it, it, it's a... It's a uh, Uh, it's stepping on the the gas and the brakes at the same time. And what these briefs are saying is, okay, it's time to break this logjam. If, in fact, we have advanced so far scientifically beyond the point of Roe v. Wade, well, then let the states act accordingly and assert those interests uh, with enough of a weight uh, to actually be able to protect these children. And that makes so much sense in light of the science, in light of Uh, the constitutional parameters, and in light of federalism. I mean, this is something that is so important in the government's legitimate role. And that's where I think a lot of people tend to 
um, either have too much of a libertarian view saying that, you know, government is only there to arbitrate contract disputes at best and government is, is basically inherently evil and something that we want to limit as much as possible. Or there's, of course, the progressive left that thinks that government, uh, the federal government specifically, should control everything and should be able to, um, to, to dictate all of our conscience rights and all of our independent decisions, which is how we can contrast this, Father, with some of the calls for, um, for example, for abiding by Biden's overreaching vaccine mandate. And that's one of the things I'd love for you to speak to as well, is how uh, what is your argument or how would you encourage people to push back on this notion that and I think it's a ridiculous argument that they say, well, if you're pro-life as a Christian, then you have to be pro-vaccine mandate. It's not my body, my choice, as they've asserted when it comes to the vaccine. And they're conflating this issue and saying that somehow being pro-life means that you also have to be pro-government compelling people to forcibly inject themselves with this vaccine. Right. Yeah. It's, it, it, you know, one of the key distinctions, of course, it's not a matter of uh, uh, killing someone or not killing them. You know, the, the abortion question comes down to something so fundamental uh, that there's no middle ground. There's no uh, uh, area here for prudential judgment. There's no additional factors to take into account. You can never kill a baby. And that's where period, amen, full stop happens. So uh, uh, that's the first difference. Um, and then and then secondly, I mean, it's nice to see that the other side has finally realized that there are limits to, you know, what you, you can and can't do with your own body, right? And I say, oh, well, it's all for the sake of saving lives. You know, well, hey, listen, that's what we've been saying all along. But it, the question is not so clear cut because then people have, you know, legitimate questions about the vaccines or they have moral or religious or uh, reasons for medical exemptions. In fact, I've been, I've been writing hundreds of letters, people that have requested of me a, a letter uh, attesting that, hey, does the Catholic faith allow someone to object to this? And, you know, because their company is asking for them for a letter from a clergy uh, to, to, to enable the, them to have a religious exemption. So the, 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 the issue really is uh, government control. You know, we, we always say in the pro-life context, we believe in reproductive rights. We don't believe that the government should, should decide for parents uh, how many children they should have or whether they should have children. We simply believe that the government should protect the life of a child when that child already exists. And that's where the, it's, it's completely uh, uh, consistent with that position. We're saying the government is not the one making the decision here. A person does have to consult with his or her doctor and his or her uh, faith leader and, uh, and make the decision appropriate for them. Indeed, taking into account uh, the fact that this is meant to to preserve life and health, and and yes, you know, let's look at that very seriously. But nevertheless, uh, government mandates uh, you're, you're treading into uh, into the waters of tyranny here, where uh, you know a, a good understanding of what our founders set in place is what we have to recover, uh, which is why it was so so great during President Trump's administration, uh, the work that he did to instill and protect patriotic education. Uh, I think that's what we need, and then we'll be able to assess these things a lot a lot more. Sane. Yeah, and, and that was, is a perfect segue into my next question, which is about the education of um, our young people, because we're seeing, Father, that we have a wonderful pro-life generation that is rising up. They're seeing the truth about 
not only the science, but the truth of the Bible. Uh, we are becoming a pro-life country. And I think a lot of the, the Democrats who have had this stranglehold on this lie about um, the unborn children just being basically a clump of cells or this um, just insane argument that somehow you can attach personhood at the point of birth or something else, or if it's a wanted versus unwanted pregnancy, then somehow that morally justifies a mother uh, saying that she doesn't want the child anymore and therefore abortion is permissible. I mean, all of these things that they're having to bend over backwards and uh, tie themselves in knots just to try to make abortion seem morally permissible. Uh, what are you seeing as the most effective ways that you and other uh, pro-life advocates and, um, and even clergy in the church have been able to effectively reach young people and tell them the truth about this particular issue? You know, Jenna, we often hear the fact that, uh, oh, you know, the, 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 this is uh, uh, such a, a pro-life generation, and we see young people. That the, the most frequent comment we hear about the March for Life, for example, is, oh, how many young people? And it's true at marches and gatherings across the country. But we, 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 we often don't go beyond that and ask, well, why? Why are there so many young people at these events? And, you know, the answer is a very profound one, and it is that the these young people understand something. They may, they may be at different levels of being able to articulate it, but they understand that they are survivors of abortion. Uh, when, when somebody at some point in his or her young life realizes what an abortion is, there then comes a point when they realize, wait a minute, I was a baby in the womb, and I was not protected. My life could have been taken had my mom wanted to do that, and uh, there would have been no legal recourse for me. When they have that realization, what does that do to them psychologically? What does that do to them spiritually? What does that do to them in their, the way they look at their parents? What does that do? We're only beginning to scratch the surface of what psychiatrists and psychologists have begun to call abortion survivor syndrome. Um, there is a positive, there's damage that it does, but there's a positive angle to it, which that is, is that it's very motivating. When these young people who were conceived and born after Roe v. Wade uh, speak up for the unborn, they are speaking up for themselves. And they are saying, you know, these babies now should be protected. Uh, I should have been protected when I was in the womb. And uh, they realize that they're missing classmates, they're missing potential spouses, they're missing a lot. They've been robbed, as, as we all have, by the, the, the over 62 million uh, aborted ba uh, babies. So this is a motivation that is bringing young people into the movement and that helps them understand our message when we begin to talk to them about abortion. The other thing they understand uh, and reaching them, by the way, as you're asking me, reaching them involves connecting with these two dynamics. Number one, as I already mentioned about the being a survivor. The other one is this. They're looking around at their friends, at their relatives, and they are seeing the damage that abortion does. They're seeing the harm it causes. Because the further we go down this road of legal abortion... 
uh, the more the more the damage is manifesting itself. We have our silent no more campaign, for example, and the the moms and, and the dads speaking up about the the devastation that abortion brings to, to them. So these young people know from experience. They know from the tears on the face of a friend, uh, or or perhaps of their own mother. Uh, they know and they see the pain of abortion, and they recognize, you know what, this isn't a good thing. And uh, these are two dynamics that the other side can do nothing to stop. We can't do anything to stop it either. What we have to do is ride the wave, see the wave, speak into uh, these dynamics, and that is going to bring young people not only into the movement, it's going to give them a strength and perseverance uh, like, uh, like nothing can resist. That's so well said, Father. And I, I've seen with a lot of young people, you know, I used to teach at Colorado Christian University. Um, I'm faculty at Summit Ministries, um, which is a wonderful organization that uh, teaches uh, young people from the age of about 16 all the way through college about uh, the biblical worldview and how there there's such a separation. Um, as Nancy Piercy talks about, actually, in her book, uh, Total Truth, there's this separation that the left is trying to perpetuate between um, the this, this sacred and the secular. And this kind of divide is false, and it's a misnomer to say that everything does not have a spiritual component, that somehow we can have this divide between secular and sacred. And so when we're looking at the the challenges and also the opportunities of reaching the next generation and also even convincing you know people who've been staunch abortion advocates who are seeing the science um, and who are seeing the the moral component and recognizing um, how it impacts their own lives as you just uh, articulated but we're also seeing how we have to always take politics and tie it down to truth. Because if we have this idea that the church and the sacred things are only confined within the four walls of the church and our politics are separate and kind of buy into this um, this really this misnomer and this myth of a separation of church and state, then we're losing the opportunity to advocate for moral truth before we even begin the argument. And so, uh, yeah, so, so go ahead. You were about to say something. Well, well you know, I, I, it wasn't just the rocket's red glare that, that brought us American independence. It was the pulpit's red glare. The, mm-hmm. the American people from our founding era were prepared uh, to embrace liberty. They were prepared to resist tyranny. They were prepared to adopt the Constitution. They were prepared to to live out this extraordinary experiment in self-governance because they were hearing it from the pulpit. They were hearing that freedom is a gift of God. Uh, Our rights come from God. The founders referred to God so clearly in the Declaration of Independence. And and, and it was the pulpits that assisted as much as the uh, the guns and the cannons. Uh, and people need to understand this. Our, 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 our founding era, you know, I have these real thick books here in my library of the, the political sermons of the founding era. And I, I encourage my, my, my brother clergy to read these books because it was like there was no question of, 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 a, of a separation here. Our founders said that this experiment could only succeed based on the pillars of morality and religion. So it, it, it's, it's something we have to rediscover uh, today. It's, it's going to be not only enriching to our lives as, as families and as a nation to rediscover this, but it's essential to our survival. 
Absolutely. And so in, in the last few minutes that we have here, Father, what would be your message to clergy and to the church to re-engage our founding principles and recognize that just like you said, at, at our founding, clergy were essential to the fight for liberty, to our American Revolution, and to the founding of this nation that recognized for the first time in world history that government is obligated to preserve and protect individual rights that are given by God, our creator. They were so essential in the founding of this country. And we've, we have strayed so far from that, that clergy, it's almost like they don't want to touch politics because they think it's dirty and they're buying into this and allowing this to be the ground of just the Democrats and the Nancy Pelosi's and the Chuck Schumer's that, you know, they claim to be Catholic, but clearly they're not following uh, the tenets of Catholicism, much less anything that the Bible says. And so what would be your encouragement to your fellow clergy and to pastors across the country for reengaging and reigniting the principles of liberty? Well, you know, Jenna, I felt compelled uh, over the last year to, to write two open letters to uh, the uh, American Catholic bishops because heading up a national ministry for pro-life as, as Priest for Life is, you know, I get a lot of feedback from Catholics who are just so frustrated by what they see as a lack of courage and a lack of relevance. Uh, I think of the last sermon Martin Luther King Jr. gave and his, his, his niece Alveda King, as you know, is part of our part of our Priest for Life team. And we talk about this often. You know, he preached in that last sermon of his life to the clergy. He said, we need a relevant ministry. He says, we don't only have to talk about the new Jerusalem. We have to talk about the new Los Angeles and the new New York and the new Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, It's a a matter of relevance. If the church is not speaking into the lives of people, whether it's the problems they face or the politics that they face, well, then the church is making herself irrelevant. And, uh, you know, when I when I urge the clergy and I urge the bishops, I, I basically urge them to be more vocal politically. Uh, and, and the teachings of the church certainly allow for that when you read the documents. Um, some people will say, oh, well, you know, but the church is becoming too political. I said, no, that's not the problem. The problem is that our politics have become too pagan. And if the church doesn't speak up in a situation like that, it's the church not being the church. We don't want the church to become a political party, but we need the church to challenge political parties on the principles. Because as you know so well, we're not just dealing now with a, with a differences of, po- of, uh, of policy between the two major parties. We're dealing with dif- prin- uh, differences of principle that are irreconcilable. We are not all seeking the same thing and have different ideas of how to get there. It might have been that way at some point in the past. But we're talking about two parties that are going in opposite directions, and the church is clear on the direction she goes in. And uh, the fact of the matter is that on these matters of principle, it is the Republican Party now that is most clearly uh, supporting what the church says. And my goodness, if we can't say so, again, we risk just being... uh, irrelevant and, 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 and a failure as, uh, as leaders of God's people. 
So, so well said. And I so appreciate your work, Father, in this area, your heart for the Lord, your ministry, and for just standing strong and being such a solid voice um, along, you know, with people like our um, our friend Alveda King and so many others that um, we have all come together in this fight for truth and the stand for liberty. So um, continue to, to do that. And how can people um, just pray for you, encourage you, support you, follow you, all of the above? <laughs> all of the above can be done at a simple website, End Abortion. US. That's our main website. They'll see our, our work uh, in all its different aspects. Endabortion.us. Please connect with us and with our, with our broadcasting. We'd love to join hands with you. Perfect. Thanks so much. Thank you, Jenna. So by now you've all heard me talk about my pillow, my good friend Mike Lindell, and now Mike has done it again by introducing his new my slippers. I have them, I love them. Mike has taken over two years to develop these. They're designed to wear indoor, outdoor, and all day long, made with my pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue, and they are made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 50% off of the new my slippers. The my slippers are so comfortable, you will want to get some for your whole family. Makes a great Christmas gift. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square and use promo code Jenna. That's J-E-N-N-A. You will also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, the MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Or call 1-800-564-8475 and use the promo code Jenna. That's J-E-N-N-A. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com